Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Sports on the House. I'm joined by Malik Warren and Jason Padilla. Today we're going to talk about Ben Simmons, the Kyrie Irving situation and his contract, Jason Tatum and his greatness in the playoffs and the NBA playoffs as a whole and the series. We're going to go through each one and say what we like and didn't like. So uh, what's up guys? How are you? What's going on, Rob? How you doing, man? on my desk what up guys what's up man all right so uh, without further ado let's get into it let's talk about uh the crazy fiasco of ben simmons so a couple of quotes i want to read today the nets announced that they met with sean marks to discuss the physical mental hurdles according to warjanowski and brooklyn and another report is exasperated by ben simmons and his whole you know, deal of what's going on when he got to the team. So what's your whole take on this? And uh, let's start with you, Malik. All right. Well, I honestly, I feel like this guy is quitting on his team. I mean, like this man hasn't played all year. So, I mean, like I I get, I can understand like your back hurting, but like you can't, you're not going to give someone like maybe like 10 minutes you mean to tell me that you can't just like stay, try and be like the defender that your your team needs? You don't have to run any offense. They clearly didn't. They didn't get him to run the offense. Essentially, of Kyrie, they have enough offense with uh Kevin Durant, Patty Mills, guys like that. He's basically there for one reason and one reason only. It's to fix their defensive problems. And you have guys like Kyrie, who's only played forty something games. He looks pretty healthy he looks pretty like uh nimble and quick and you have guys like kd who people are saying kd could be injured or something like that it just doesn't really make sense how you're going to be teasing like why leak that you're going to play maybe game three or four why like sit there and talk to like the reporters like point at them say oh you better record this as you make a a simple dunk you're 610 uh, I mean, it, it really doesn't make any sense. And, like, I've defended him in the past. I fully believe him when he says he had, like, mental health issues when it came to this. But other than that, like, I think he's soft. I think he's making excuses. And I, I honestly, I feel like he just doesn't want to be a scapegoat if they get swept tonight. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know, man. Yeah, pretty good chance. Pretty good chance they do get swept. And before Jason goes, just want to piggyback off that. Stephen A. Smith from ESPN earlier said, Why are you going to announce you're going to play in game four? If you're good enough to play in game four, you're going to play it in game three. So all along, this is probably planned. Uh, I think it's bizarre that he would choose to play game four and then all of a sudden wakes up with quote unquote back problems. I guess that's the new excuse for today. Tomorrow could be something else. Just really frustrating situation. Don't you agree, Jason? Yeah, I mean, all in all, it definitely is. It's everything that's happened for the Brooklyn Nets this season has just been kind of frustrating for everyone as a standpoint, just from fans and from, you know, as a team, you know, obviously those guys in Brooklyn, they paid Kyrie Irving money. They obviously took the chance, took James Harden and everything that didn't work out. And they made the trade to get Ben Simmons and Ben Simmons is still do a lot of money too. So it's not like he's some cheap guy they got for a one year <laughs> thing. They got his contract and he's, but a lot of money right there on that deal at the start of a five-year contract exactly too, so. so it's like you think you know and i i you saw something today and even a few minutes ago that they were saying about like 
actually funny enough, Kendrick Perkins was saying it basically, you know, this guy is, he's getting, he got paid pretty much $200 million for this contract to do nothing. And all these dudes back in the day who paved the way for these young guys now for getting all this money, they're sitting there, you know, not worried, wanting to play, you know, trying to move themselves to different teams and just not even giving their all. When these guys back in the day, they played for like nothing and they still went out there and played every day when they were hurt, they grinded it out. And you got guys here saying, oh, my back hurts. I can't even go help my team when they're in the playoffs. Like, it, it is just ridiculous, the whole situation. And I think it's definitely a bad look for him and a bad look for the league in the whole, you know, and it's definitely going to be something the players and the owners talk about in the next collective bargaining agreement. Yeah, the Stephen A. Smith already said they're going to, in the next bargaining agreement, they're going to name it the Ben Simmons rule. Uh, basically, where you just don't sit out and play games and not and get paid, it's ridiculous. Unless you're physically hurt, man, like, I don't see why you can't, you know, go out yeah. there and do something. I get mental health is a big thing. I'm not going to discredit that, but at the same time, he pulled that after so much stuff with going on with Philadelphia and everything, and then it, you know, came out that it was just this, and then it came to this excuse on my back, and that's like, what is it then, man? We don't know. Yeah, we're getting to a point where you just can't trust this guy. And Reggie Miller, uh, three point legend on TNT. Uh, put out recently on Twitter yesterday, and I agree with this quote completely. This dude has zero competitive fire. I totally agree with that. True. You know, uh, he's also mentioned that you have Katie and Kyrie on your team. You're down 3-0. Have some competitive fire, man. Get in there. I mean, you or, never know. Or at least happen. some heart. I know. I mean, show some like anything. Like show some. Be a man. Yeah, it's this is a tank after especially everything that happened in Philadelphia. Like, yeah, you know, if someone you know, honestly want to show out, me soft, bro, I'd show them I'm not. I'm not soft. Like you yeah. have millions of people, so all you have to do is just suit up. You don't even have to play. Just be available to play. Yeah, it's and super play. frustrating. Super frustrating. I think we can all agree, and I'm sure that the viewers at home can agree that Ben Simmons has a lot of talent. We all know he can't has the shooting antics, but outside of that, he's a phenomenal passer, can play the game really well, probably top three defender in the league. He's really good at a lot of things. It's just frustrating not seeing him on the court after what the Nets gave up to get him. Um, it's 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 just sad for basketball. It's sad for the Nets. It's sad for everyone in the playoffs. Everyone wants to see this guy play, but before you know. we go to the, the next topic, sorry to cut you off on no, that. Is, um, I heard Jay Williams actually on first take, and he was basically saying, you know, it's crazy that, you know, you see a guy, everyone in their team is coming out there. Obviously, the Nets, you know, their colors are black and white, and everyone's there sitting on the bench. They're all locked in trying to, you know, lead them team on. This guy's coming out in, like, full-on clown suit and all these lambskin yeah. suits and <laughs> all these things like leading like pretty much looking like where's Waldo sitting out there and the whole thing yeah you would think like if you were really trying to play and locked in you'd be out there in your all black suit or rally dressed like your team or just not even worry about your damn outfit you'd be there getting to getting ready to play but obviously he's more concerned about what he looks like good point yeah even the announcers on TNT that they when they were playing they they kept commenting on his outfit and that, that's the type of thing you get when you start wearing stuff like that it just takes away from basketball it's a big distraction um so yeah the whole ben simmons thing is really frustrating they're stuck with him for another four years who knows if he plays next season i'm pretty sure he will have all this time but it's just a bizarre situation to say the least um so let's get into the next thing i want to talk about uh steve nash um so before i get into his job security uh the nets came out today saying that nash likely to avoid being the fall guy for brooklyn struggles Katie still has faith in him. That's according to Mark Stein. So what do you hear, think about those reports? Um, well, I just want to 
why was Kenny Atkinson ever fired? You know? Uh, we Great had, coach, was, man. He was very guy, good, and he pretty much built up that whole he, culture. Exactly. I would say. Remember, they didn't they didn't have KD. They didn't have Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of guys who could play basketball, and he, and he was, what, fifth or sixth in the East last year? or No, the year before that. So I don't know. I understand it. It was a they, random fire. I mean, they, they fired him after having Kevin – See the thing is they had Kevin uh they had Kevin Durant and they had Kyrie on the team but the very first year um what, what they made the bubble uh playoffs Delo went crazy really flourished and they looked like a really good team they looked very young but you can tell like all the pieces were there and Kenny Atkinson was literally at the front of it that man set a great culture he looked like from what you could see he looked like a guy like the players really gravitated around and then he's fired for a man who's never held any sort of head coaching position professionally ever. And it's showing. Steve Nash is getting outclassed. He's getting outcoached. Steve Nash is playing random lineups. I'm pretty sure that I could go out there and give you a better coaching performance for 48 minutes than Steve Nash at this I mean point. look how long it took for them to put Blake Griffin into the lineup I and mean, look at the when difference you're getting he made out in that by the Boston Celtics <clears throat> tallest player is 6'9 yeah. there is absolutely no reason for a team with Andre Drummond on their roster to be out rebounded by a guy who hasn't even played significant minutes oh yeah me start with Drummond yeah, that guy's soft. To, to piggyback off that, uh, I think a lot of people make the notion and the narrative that Steve Nash, great player, awesome player, won two MVPs. We know the whole story, one of the greatest point guards of all time. But that doesn't always transition into coaching. Um, that's why a lot of people get frustrated. You know, there's a lot of other capable coaches out there, um, relatively African-American coaches who need to get deserving opportunities. And that's why Stephen A. Smith on ESPN goes out there and makes a strong case for it. But there's a lot of good candidates out there. And I think a lot of people are just frustrated to see Steve Nash and showing that his lack of experience is really killing this team. I mean, there's just no offensive game plan for the Nets. It's literally just been give the ball to Kevin Durant or Kyrie. (laughs) And you can see that. I will say at the same time, yeah, he definitely has been like, you know, that offense stuff room, but I mean, it's kind of hard to build up an offensive style and culture when your main two guys barely play together the whole year, pretty much, because one guy's sitting out and then they're trying to incorporate Harden. Then, you know, you're expecting to get Ben Simmons. But well, at the same time, even, they weren't even really. The, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're they, good. They weren't even when Kevin Durant, Kyrie and James Harden all played. They still weren't that great of a team. They're only like two or three games above 500. Oh, of course. Trio. I'm not saying they were some great team at all. I'm saying, but like they didn't really have a chance to really, you know, mesh and really have a chance for him to try and coach them together. But at the same time, he should have made a lot of adjustments in the second half of the season, let alone in the playoffs when they're getting blown out the way they're getting blown out. Like as any coach would do it. Like we've seen, you know, guys like Eric Spolstra, even like look at the, you know, just just no name teams that you can, aren't even in playoffs, their coaches make adjustments. They know how to, you know, this part of the game. I think something uh, I really noticed this year in basketball is chemistry is a big deal, man. You just can't throw a yeah. bunch of great players out there and expect uh, it to mesh. Um, sure. We've seen, we've seen, I, I've, we can honestly all say chemistry is a big deal. And when you don't have Kyrie yes. for 75% of the games, you don't have Ben Simmons for basically the whole season. Katie's been out and in in the lineup. Uh, it's hard to uh, create a rhythm. You really need a rhythm to, to play well and, Unfortunately, they haven't had that. I mean, Steve Nash, I believe the Nets, when they say his job is safe, 
we'll see for next year. But really, realistically, next season, the Nets are going to be a lot under a lot of scrutiny and they better get it quick together because you could see a potential blow up after next season if things don't go well. What is his contract? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's I think it's a typical, you know, four year deal. We'll see. But uh, as I said before, the Nets uh, have lots of confidence in uh, Nash and uh, we'll see what happens. I think he'll end up staying for another year at least, and then they move yeah. on from there if he doesn't yeah. make a change or something. Yeah, we'll see. I, I think it's a little firing coaches after two seasons is starting to get a little old for I, the NBA. I don't like that. Yeah, you got if, you, if they give him a four year contract, then live out that four year contract, yeah. unless it's like really that bad. You I just don't see, see how the Nets get any better. Yep. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. We'll see. I mean, they still they still have. KD. I mean, they have a they have a good team. They have, Kyrie, you can't they have two. They have two of the top gotta, ten players. It's just they weird. Have, yeah. No. See, Robert just said it. They're not a yeah. good team. They have. They just have the luxury of having two of the top ten players in the NBA. I should right say now. on paper they have a good team. Is what yep. I should say. They have a, a solid team of old. Because you also remember they missed. Players. They lost one of their best shooters, if Joe Harris, for the whole season. Yeah, that's a big. That was a big Joe loss. They, no, they are missing. That like some pieces, but what definitely like, I mean, and these guys they have us is Bruce Brown. He's really good too. I would say he's like a definitely up and coming player. He's a lot of potential. They've got some guys. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Um, that leads me to my next question. As we said, two of the top 10 players in the world, but what does Brooklyn do? They're most likely going to get sweeped tonight by, uh, by the Boston Celtics. And that leaves the big question. Do the Nets give Kyrie Irving his contract extension? Most likely he's going to want the max. Stephen A has come out numerous times from ESPN saying, I would not give this brother any type of contract <laughs> at all. Um, you just can't trust him as far as you can throw him. And I'm at the point where I agree with Stephen A, but at the same time, the Nets gave up everything to get Ben Simmons. They really have no choice but to give him a contract, in my opinion. He's too good. And if he's out, this team doesn't stand a chance. So I think they have to give him his money. You're talking about Kyrie Irving, right? Yeah, Kyrie Irving. Um, I, I agree with you, but I, I think – like you said, like we talked about with the collective bargain agreement, I think they should put maybe a clause or something in his contract for getting a certain amount of money if he doesn't play a certain amount of games. Yeah. Because um, it's something I think is reasonable because why would you be guaranteed all this money if we're not even going to be playing all that work? I know for damn sure if anybody went to any job else and they went to work and they didn't show up for half the time, they wouldn't be getting paid. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's... uh. So it's a, it's just this whole season is completely bizarre. We've been watching the NBA for a while, and I can't remember a season like this. Uh, Malik, what do you think? You think the Nets should resign Kyrie, or just walk away and move on? I mean, you kind of have to. You, yep. If you want to keep Kevin Durant happy, there's really only a couple things that you can do, and resigning Kyrie is unfortunately one of them. However, I do agree with what Jason said. I think you absolutely have to put it in writing that he has to play a certain amount of. Uh, minutes of for the entire year or certain amount mm-hmm. of, like games to basically like an nfl contract you know like give it incentivize you actually playing in games like taking part of being part of the team and like yes to hit certain marks for sure. Yeah. yeah sure um and the the bargaining agreement is this off season um so. let me look it up real quick I believe uh, it because, is. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that is, they have some big uh, negotiations to play. And then Ben Simmons and Kyrie have definitely uh, potentially changed the way the bargaining system is going to be for sure. NBA players are associated wants to terminate the CBA. They have to do it by December 15, 2022. So by the end of this year. Yeah. So definitely some big changes are going to come. So we all agree that the Nets are probably going to resign Kyrie. They have really no choice, as we said. 
Um, but if you put those two together on paper, it's as good as it gets in the league. And they just honestly, they just need chemistry and to, to build up their team. So that brings me to the flip side of the Boston Celtics. And I want to take a couple minutes to talk about the greatness of Jason Tatum. So let me guys, let me read you some stats guys in his playoff career. 2019 he averaged 15 points a game, shot 43% from the field two assist 2020 season, 25 points a game shot 43 again from the field, five assists. 2021, 30 points a game, 42% from the field, four assists a game. This year, points, we're only through three games, 30 points, 42% from the field. He has eight assists. He's averaging almost a triple-double in the playoffs. He is taking a leap from star to superstar. This guy is as good as it gets. And honestly, guys, if I was building a team for the next 10 years today, I'd probably take Tatum. That's how good he's been, and he's putting the league on notice, man. It's unbelievable to watch. He can go first this time. <clears throat> um, yeah, there's there's not much more to be said. I think he pretty much hit on everything. This what this kid is doing is incredible. And honestly, we gotta give Danny Ainge a lot more credit for having the the balls to to trade back in that draft to go from the number one overall pick to number three. And what 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 were what were, what were we thinking when we when we took a look at Markel Fultz and said that this is the best player in the the nation right now? Um, I believe what I think uh, that year his uh, Washington went like fourteen and twenty two or something. Didn't Close even make yeah. they didn't even make the the tournament. If you watched that blue the Duke Blue Devils team. Jason Tatum was very clearly the best player on the floor at all times on both ends of the floor. And going into the draft, his problem was defense. Who and is this guy? Yeah. Uh, J- uh, Jason Tatum. He's, be- he's become he's arguably like one of like the best two-way players in the league. That's today. what's like transformed his game from star to superstar. He's locking up KD. He's literally locking him up. He's got he's- really big, bro. He's put on a lot of muscle in these past four years since he came in the league. Say yeah, look at tell. the before and after pictures from when he got drafted to now. He's it's jacked crazy. up. He's, he's, it's crazy. His dedication is hard And work. he grew it's, taller. Yeah, it's yeah. super admirable, man. He's honestly, he's a superstar and he's here to stay and he could take uh, the league by storm, man. He's unbelievable what he's been doing. Yeah, I definitely agree with everything you both have said about him. He's definitely, you know, for sure, you know, going to be a star in this league for the next, you know, 10, 15 years to come. This is no doubt about it. We don't know yeah. how long he's going to play, obviously, but it's, it's insane. He's only 24 years old. The numbers he puts up, you know, you, you, he's not even tapped his prime yet, which is the yeah, scary it's part. Scary. Exactly. It's That's the scary part. Like, you know, been... we don't know what's going to happen next. Like, he pro- he's progressively gotten better. Yeah, every year. Every year. You can every see, year. I'm and looking at the stats too, like Robert it's, said, it's... you can see. And he's gotten to the point now where I started like, cut you off in a little bit, but no, you're good. he's gotten to the point where he's now he's starting to make the people around him better which that's when you start to get, you know, to the point of making from star to superstar. Because once you start doing that, that means you can pretty much control the game. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. And you can get your points whenever he wants. You can yeah. see that he can score over anybody. And something I saw today, Tim Legger from ESPN on Get Up, and he said something great that I totally agree with. If he wins this game, he finally gets to take a seat at the table of KD, LeBron, and all the big guys. What he's doing, carrying this team, uh, and doing against the Nets, against – you know, KD, arguably one of the top 10 player of all time. 
um it's pretty insane so uh definitely insane we can't forget though like we i know we said carrying the team like the celtics as a whole man they're yeah good team a, as a unit these guys I, i've been watching every game and like i've been saying the way like because i know we don't want to talk about this too and we can kind of tie it together is how they're playing defense on durant is awesome yeah they're switching every time well, let's get into that. Yeah. Let's let's get into that. So that's what we have to say about Jason Tatum taking the lead from starter superstar. We all have nothing but great things to say about him. Uh, what he's been doing is 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 unbelievable, and uh, we can obviously see the the transformation from last season to this season. So that brings me into this series. Do you think uh, the the Boston Celtics bring out the brooms tonight, or you think uh, it goes back to Boston for uh, Game Five? I think it's a sweep tonight. It's honestly. a sweep. Wow. It's a sweep, bro. Who would ever have imagined that, man? That's unbelievable. The only thing that's not to stop this sweep is if really KD and Kyrie come out and they drop like numbers. But not based off this whole series, I don't see it happening. It's just, it's, I don't know. They've been playing off. It's like weird. I'm yeah. gonna give you uh, the first some stats from the first game. The Nets shot 53.8% from the field, uh, including 45.8% from three. Oh, Meanwhile, wow. the Celtics shot 47.2% from the field and 36.4% from three yeah um the nets have the nets have not struggled to score the basketball at all no, it's defense it's been just better defense once when the the celtics lock in on that side of the ball they've consistently been able to go out and get stops when they've needed it most and they just hang around they they don't care if you jump out to a 10 point lead they if you watch those games you, you're never seeing anybody getting too like puffing their chest out when they score no, they just go onto the defensive side of the ball and get a stop. They go out on the other side and get a bucket. You guys, you have dudes like Al Horford, who's 35, who had 20 and 10 in the first game. Huge pickup for them. This yeah. man. Like, and Tice. Tice, Tice too. Yeah, getting Tice uh, back, bro, is really big for them as well. That was, uh, I said it'd be when they got the trade. That's a very underrated move. He was a key piece in Boston before they traded him. Never understood why they traded him, but it's nice that uh, uh, their GM got him back. He was like not being used at all in Houston. He fits their system in Boston perfect. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant has been blocked six times mm -hmm. this series. That's the most ever in his career since 2011. Something, the way something, they're switching yeah. is insane. It's like I've never seen this like on Durant itself. And so, sorry, Robbie, go ahead. Yeah, something I want to say about the Kevin Durant thing is, uh, you know, I see a couple talk shows already talking about has KD lost a step. This and that. Let me tell you, Katie's still one of the best players in the world. But when you have no three doubt. or four defenders switching on you, and you have Marcus Smart and Tatum taking the leap that he has, when you have those guys on you consistently, and it's Jaylen hard to Brown, score, bro. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care who you are. I mean, to score on those three guys, have those guys double team you virtually every play because there's not a threat around you. It's hard, man. It's really hard. Um, and piggybacking off that, man, I think uh, Jalen Brown has definitely proven to be that second guy for this team. He's averaging 24 points a game this series. Wow. Really good guy, uh, really good player, and uh, it's it's nice to see this duo is finally doing something. I like them as a duo because their defense they they're both are long guys like they can re they can guard pretty much one I would say one through four like yeah. comfortably. Tatum, Tatum, Tatum can do a, no, I'm saying he could do a five for sure. But when I say comfortably, like he's not gonna be able to guard every five. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's a limit. That's what I want to say. Comfortably one through four, easy money. They can do it. I think, but yeah, one, that's for sure. It started to become one of the top duos in the league. You know, you know me. I've been on previous podcasts saying that uh, 
this could be Jalen Brown's potential last season in Boston, but what he's doing right now is making I think me he think solidified otherwise. his contract from them. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's no, there's absolutely no way you trade Jalen Brown unless you're getting another stud in yeah. return. Uh, at this point, I don't think it's worth talking about because uh, he's not going to get traded. What he's done this series <laughs> yeah. shows that uh, it's a winnable, sustainable success. So. Good for them. And I want to quickly talk about Udo and the job he's done in his first year as coach. Uh, Should have been coach of the year discussion. He's done a fantastic job. Um, Again, one of the few African-American coaches proving that you can get the job done, doing a really good job. And uh, hope it shows the rest of the NBA that no matter what color you are, you can do a great job. And uh, I'm proud to see that from him. Most deaf, man. Most deaf. So um any last words on this series we bought we all think it's a sweep tonight um anything else guys i think we touched on it all i mean i i mean we can always say like about trade rumors in the future we talked about that already yep and it just i think we as a know as a whole the celtics are a well-oiled machine and we'll just see how far <laughs> they can go all right i want to get into probably my most exciting series and that's the minnesota timberwolves against the memphis grizzlies man what a series um I'm going to start off with uh, Minnesota. Um, Cat had a good game, but this team heavily relies on what what if Cat's going to have a good game. He shows up and makes sometimes ridiculous dumb fouls, could potentially get three or four fouls and a half. Uh, they, if he gets into that, they, they don't stand a chance. But when he plays smart basketball, plays well and plays hard, uh, he's really hard to defend. You saw that Memphis had to bench Steven Adams because he's simply too slow for him. And they had to put in their backup center, who's been doing a decent job. But when Ant- when Carl Anthony Towns is on his game, he's hard to stop. And this team's been very impressive when he plays well. But we saw in the other two games when he gets in foul trouble. And, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to win when one of your best players is out. Minnesota will go as far as Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards take them. If they do not have a good game on the same night, they will not win a game. That's how just they're built right now, it looks like. And I've seen every game that Carlin T. Towns is not playing well. Anthony Edwards is trying to do something, and he doesn't – you know, they never pull through, especially in the playoffs. Yep. It's, it's so hard to one last one thing. guy. Yeah, one last thing. Uh, Anthony Edwards, to me, has shown that he could be that guy at only 20 years old. He's that good, that talented. Um, yep. There's a few guys I've built my team around, and he's one of them. I mean, he 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 still has a wide ways to go, but right now he's showing me that he could potentially be the dude in, in uh, Minnesota. Most deaf. Go ahead, Malik. Um, yeah, I mean, I just want to like go off of uh, what you were saying. I mean, game one, Carl Anthony Towns fouls out, and then Anthony Edwards just went stupid. Him and D'Lo are fully capable of carrying this offense, and honestly, it looks better when they have Naz Reed on the floor, just spacing. Pacing wise. Yeah. Um, it just gives them more room to attack. And when Carl Anthony Towns is in the game, if he's engaged, it's great, but more often than not, and as we've seen this entire season, I've, he's been in the league for what, six years now. Yeah. And for most of his career, like he has uh, trouble staying on the court. He, he's not a great defender. And when he's frustrated, he takes stupid shots. Yep. Um, he's crazy because how talented he, he stops is. the ball. So, you I know, mean, this is a it's an interesting series. I definitely I still think the Timberwolves are going to beat uh, the Grizzlies. I think the Timberwolves will beat them in like seven games. But, I think it's going to seven as well, but I don't know who's going to win. I think Memphis pulls this out. But before we get to Memphis, <laughs> um, Charles Barkley said it best before the playoffs started. And I totally agree. 
Minnesota has arguably some of the top talent in the whole league on a team, but sometimes together when they, they just don't mesh, they make bonehead plays. That's really their weakness, man. They just make bonehead play. We saw, you know, uh, game three, Minnesota should have won that game. They're up 22 times. And they're That's coaching. on the coach, though, yeah, too. Yeah, their coach yeah, didn't call a timeout during that whole run. And they, they just don't mesh together sometimes well. And that's a problem in the playoffs with a young team. I think that problem, that, that game, I think that one on the coach, man. Yeah, specifically you, on Chris Finch. You can't. Yeah, you cannot have your team pretty much gave up pretty much 50 points without scoring. It was like insane. I know yeah, that. No timeout. It was like, it was like a 53 to 13 total run. Something insane. Never, like, yeah, never saw anything never like seen that, that before. To, in to my not life. take a timeout during the whole 20 point run they had is bizarre. Yeah, that's but uh yeah, like I said, Charles Barkley, and I totally agree with him. This team has a lot of talent, but sometimes they just don't play well together and make bonehead plays. Uh it's two two. Um, so anything else we want to say about Minnesota before we get to Memphis? No. I think we'll have to just see what Minnesota does. They have tremendous potential, but they really don't show it a lot of yeah. times. So we'll see what we'll happens. We'll see. Um, Memphis, obviously they have John Morant, really, really good player. Desmond Bain has showed up this series. He's taken another step. He's really, really good. Jaron Jackson's <laughs> defense has been solid. Um, I think this team's issue at times is – when John Morant's covered, they don't have a second guy who can consistently score. Yeah, Desmond Bain has done well, but sometimes they go on runs where they don't score 10, 15 points for 5, 10 minutes, and that's a problem. Um, I don't know if it's Minnesota's defense, but John Morant is obviously spectacular, But and Desmond Bain has stretches where he looks unstoppable, but sometimes they go on these runs where they just can't score. That's what I've taken away from this series so far. Definitely true. I mean, they're also a very young team, though, so you know they're still growing and got to see what goes on. I mean, John Morant for, is still very young and he's still playing. He's playing unreal, as we've seen. So we got to see what happens with them. And I think, like we were talking about before, is they definitely have a very good core, but they're missing, I think, a couple of vets and a couple of people on their team that put them in the right direction. And you know, I think they'll be on the right track then. But they're definitely, and the future is bright for that Memphis team. They have a good young guys going forward for sure. Yeah. So in relation to John Morant, I just want to say that this man averaged 27.4 points uh, per game this season. Yeah, um, insane. He's, he obviously deserves to win most improved, and he was up there for MVP. Um, however, other than game one, where he had 32 points, his scoring has gone from 23 in game two, which was a, one, a win. He was a plus 24 and 16 points. And he was plus 20 in that game. The last game that they just played, he scored 11 points. And he's averaging about four uh, turnovers a game in this series. So I, I don't know if anything – I don't know if he's hurt or what's going on because his field goal percentage has dropped in every single game with the exception of game two. Yeah, but – Could be I, defense as well. Yeah, what I also say is when you play a series, it's a lot easier – to lock on a guy a whole series because you get You're a scouting bunch of more tape. Yeah. Um, I don't I just think it's more of job getting double teamed and switching. It's hard to consistently score like that in the playoffs. But I will tell you one of the underrated moves by Taylor Jenkins, who is probably going to win coach of the year, is taking out Steven Adams. He's been very well for this team this year. Very solid veteran. Uh Memphis loves him, but uh obviously he just could not cover uh carl anthony towns not physical because he's arguably one of the strongest guys in the league but he was way too slow couldn't cover cat so putting in tillman on him has definitely helped and that's one other move that i liked uh that taylor jenkins has done 
and uh, we'll see. Game five is tonight. Um, I actually think Memphis is going to win the next two, uh, but we'll see. They play tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. My bad. You're right. <clears throat> yeah. They play tomorrow. Um, but I just think that the next two games are going to go to Memphis. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Tonight is the the Jazz Mavericks game. We could talk about that one next if you want. Yeah. You know what? Anything <laughs> else on this series before we get into that? I think we're good. I mean, we pretty much yeah. covered. I will say what Malik said about most improved. I definitely agree with you. John Moran, no doubt, has improved tremendously. But I think, it, I don't know if it was Barkley or one of these guys, but they said something that kind of like was like kind of stuck with me a little bit. And he's a lottery pick. You know, you're kind of yeah supposed to be able to, that's how you're supposed to play. I'm sorry. You're top 10 player. He was really good last year. And he was and good. He's he, even really, yeah. He's even better this year. I think most improved, you know, for sure, you know, you can give it any player, obviously, they do a lot better because you could have given it to Giannis like the year after, he, the, you know, before he won MVP. You know, it's like it's true. It, was, it gives it it's ridiculous how good these guys are right now in the league. But I think most improved should go to somebody, obviously, like who really came from like literally the bottom and now they're doing something crazy. But, you know, we have it's an opinionated, obviously, award. It goes to both sides. You know, you can vote for Robbie, you know, what you think is right. So it doesn't matter. But go ahead. I, I do think it should have been Miles Bridges. Oh, yeah, uh, I agree with you 100% who, on that. Who wins, you know, uh, I'm the biggest Miles Bridges supporter here when it comes to that award. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it should have been Miles Bridges. However, to John Morant's credit, he went from averaging 19 points per game last year to 27.4. So, yeah, oh, no yeah, doubt. It's, uh, no doubt. A pretty, it's a pretty big jump. Uh, personally, I think DeJounte Murray is going to win that award. But, uh, yeah, I was my second. We'll get into that another day when the actual awards are announced. So, Without further ado, let's get to the Jazz against the Mavericks series. Um, Luca came back for the Mavericks, and the game everyone was awesome. Yeah, everyone thought that you know Mavericks were going to run run the Jazz away because they won two games without him. But uh, Mavericks got up early, and then honestly, it was the Donovan Mitchell show. Uh, did a lot of stuff. They were down. They were down four with about twenty five seconds left. Everyone thought this game was over, and then um, Powell missed two free throws. And then they took the lead back on a Gobert uh, dunk, and then they just stopped it. But before that, before they got up four, Luca hit an incredible step back three to give them a four-point lead. But amazingly That's enough, the, the Mavericks could not hold that four-point lead, and, and Jazz stole a game at home, and now it's 2-2. The Dallas Mavericks are missing Tim Hardaway Jr., big man. You can see it. They're needing that third guy who can get them a nice shot or they can pass it to and also draw the defense away from Luca and these guys. Like, it's, I mean, Jalen Brunson, don't get me wrong, has been playing awesome. He's come out and he's definitely going to get that big contract next year. But they are missing, you know, one of their key dudes. And also, they just can't stop Donovan Mitchell, like you said. It's something that dude is obviously a great player, but it's, that was a good game. This series, you know, if they only won by one point last game. I think tonight we're going to see who comes out, you know, shooting. And if Jordan Clarkson off the Jazz bench can keep it up like he's been playing, the Jazz can probably win this game. Yeah, they could. Um, also, a big joke that he's not on the six-man of the war list, but that's a oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, different yeah. day. He Huge. should definitely be up there. I mean, we know Tyler Hero is great, you know, this year. Definitely deserves to win it, but he should be in consideration, no doubt. Yep. Um uh, before I get to Malik, uh, I want to tell you, Jalen Brunson was a little disappointing last game after he put up the 40-piece. Um, you know, they could have had a really chance to seal this series, and you know, he just came up a little short. Luca did his thing, but, uh, you know, game five. kind of hard when Luca comes back, though. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Know, it is. It Luca is. takes up most of the stuff, and Jalen was literally going out that night to score 31 that night and then 40 before. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of different. 
He's still averaging great. He dropped 23, and I think he did his job yesterday. They lost by one point. You know, that was just a defensive blunder at the end. If they don't get they lock down that, get the stop, they win that game. You know, they lose. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. The, the, the Mavericks definitely had a chance to win, but uh, I felt watching that game, Jalen Brunson was forcing a lot of shots and was trying to match what he did the other night. Oh, for but, sure. Uh, I mean, like I said, know, though, it's like it goes back both ways. Like, yeah. Both teams that played well. I think it's going to be a good series. It, it can go to seven this series. Yeah. Um, anything you have to say on this, Malik? Uh, how do you think uh, about this series? Um, I think the Jazz got to find some other ways to create offense without Donovan Mitchell. To his credit, he has averaged 30 um, in the series. He scored 32, 34, 32. And then the uh, last game, he uh, dropped 23. However, like this man is not shooting efficiently. He's at, he's over at like thirty four percent in the field. He's shooting twenty something, twenty nine percent from three, which is abysmal. He shot twelve percent from three in game. Abysmal. Yeah, it's bad <laughs> in game three. Um, I mean, he's he's a great playmaker, and to his credit, again, like when he has the ball in his hands, he you need at least two people to know where he's at on the court at all times. But something's got to give with this team. And I we talked about this before, but I, I still truly don't think you trade Donovan Mitchell before you trade Rudy Gobert. Um, and you can see it too. Gobert is just not that impactful on the offensive end. He's someone who you need to spoon feed this man the ball for him to be effective. He's got absolutely no back to the basket game. You know what? With that said, though, um, Gobert made a couple key stops and got the game-winning dunk. So he's been doing his part. Yeah, he's obviously not the score. You know, who, rebounds. Yeah, but know I mean, who, I would say. Oh, go ahead, Robert. Sorry. Yeah, the key, the key player for me this series is because he's shown he can do it. Is Bogdanovich? He needs to step up. He has, but uh, he's when he gets going, this team is a completely different team. I was gonna say Mike Conley actually because. Conley played well a couple games ago. Yeah, but he's he's Conley's just been so inconsistent. He's, he's honestly, very, no, I'm saying he's been consistent. Yeah. Obviously, I'm saying if if he shows up and they have obviously Bogdan and everything, they they have a good team if everyone is playing well. But they do. Like you said he's very inconsistent. He's not been playing well, like when it comes to you know these guys. But he's had like a couple of games where he done money, but he had a game where he had no points at all, which is ridiculous. Yeah, so I'm just I'm done with do the Mike that. Conley show. I, I respect him as a player. You know, it's true. All, he's getting to the point where it's gotten too old. For he's, sure. he's getting yeah. to the point where he's up there in, in age, and he just, in my opinion, doesn't have it anymore. Uh, there's there's times he shows flashes, but he's not what he used to be, and it's clearly shown. They're missing the jingles, man. Joe yeah, Ingles. Joe Ingles. Big, big. I'm telling you, man, chemistry is a big deal, and uh, he was no he was the mesh leader in that locker room. So big loss for him. He was their UD man. Their glue he was, guy. He was. Um, interesting series. Uh, our picks tonight for me. I'm going uh, with the Jazz. Well, actually, is this game at home? For the Jazz? They're playing in Dallas, I believe. Let me see. No, I believe they're at home. So if the Jazz are home, I'm taking them. Uh, they No, are... yep, they're in Dallas. No, they're in Dallas. Dallas. Okay, in so Dallas. give me the Mavericks then. I'll take Mavs tonight after losing by one. I think Luka's yeah. going to have I'm a, a huge believer. Yeah, I'm a huge, I'm a huge believer in uh, home home court. So I'm I'll, taking I'll take... the Mavericks, and I think this is the Spencer Dinwiddie game. Yeah, he needs to step up, too. He didn't have a great game last game, but uh, he's been a great pickup for them. He shows up, and uh, honestly, that trade has worked out great for them. So um, that brings us to our next series, Um, Golden State against Denver. Denver was able to avoid the sweep. Jokic put on an MVP performance yesterday. 
Um, good to see that. Good for the NBA. There wasn't any sweeps this year. Um, so far. Not much. So not, far. Yeah, not, so far. Not much to say. But uh, Jokic showed up. But I think the Warriors are going to take this next game. And uh, simple as that. Steph Curry looks like Steph Curry again, man. He's dribbling, looks unguardable. He's doing Steph Curry things. Uh, Shaq likes to say makes it look Stefferless. So they're looking good, man. I mean, even that game, that game is crazy. Like, if Draymond doesn't foul out, I think the Warriors would have won. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, interesting series as far as it's nice to see Jokic was able to get a win. It's unfortunate, man, that their two best players are out because I really think this could have been a seven-game series. Jamal oh, yeah. Murray can play basketball. MPJ, you know, if he doesn't get hurt, we all know the player he can be. Unfortunate that they're out, um, but look for them next year to be a sneaky uh, title contender. I think they're that good. Yeah, they definitely have the ability to be a very good team. I mean, like I said, they got hit by injuries pretty hard. But, yeah, we'll see what happens in the, with them. But I think, yeah, like you said, the Warriors will take this one. I think Curry and everybody will come out. And, I mean, Jordan Poole's been playing really good this season. I mean, this play this specifically this series. And he had a bad game last game. I think he's going to come out and try and, you know, prove that that was just a fluke. But let's see what happens. I think it'll be a good series, a good game no matter what. And I think Warriors come out on top. Um, honestly, so before this series, um, my pick for the West was the uh, the Suns. I thought the Suns would uh, go back. So I thought I. it was going to be a repeat Suns-Bucks. Um, however, after watching, and I've watched every game in this series, Steph Curry's on a totally different level than any other player I've ever witnessed. Like, I've never seen this man affects the basketball game without even touching the ball because whenever he's on the court, you have five guys with their eyes on him. Whereas he crosses the, the half court line, he's a threat. To this shoot. man, this man, he's, he's a threat to shoot from anywhere. And the thing is, like I said, he, he, you don't even need to have the ball in his hands for him to be effective. He will go do the dirty work down low, set a back screen, then run off, get screened over, set another back screen. This man is always moving. It makes it incredibly hard for a defense to account for him and just gets his teammates wide open shots. You still have Clay Thompson, who is arguably the second best shooter of all time. Uh, you have guys like Jordan Poole who are starting. This man is averaging 27 points in his first playoff series. That's insane. Um, you have guys like Draymond Green and Andre uh, Iguodala who've been there. They've won uh, titles before with this team. They're extremely comfortable with the system. Honestly, I I know it's the Nuggets, and I know the Nuggets aren't on the same talent level right now. But I believe even if the Nuggets were fully healthy, this would be it, – it's not going to be a sweep, but I, I it would probably still be a gentleman's sweep. I don't see how any team – Regardless of the, their personnel, I don't see how any team stops this Warriors team. Uh, this is watching Steph Curry, what he's doing right now in this playoffs. Um, it's kind of incredible. This is like the uh, yeah, 2015, man. 2016 Steph Curry. He's going absolutely insane. I will say this. I agree with you. The Warriors are my pick to make the finals now with the Booker news. Um, yeah, this this quite simple this team's really good uh there's not many weaknesses uh right your points your points at clay thompson um clay thompson is obviously not what he used to be right now maybe he'll get back to that next year he's definitely taking a step down his defense is not the same still yeah. scoring decent but not from the level that we were used to seeing from clay still really good team 
I think uh, they have a chance to not only make the finals, but win the whole thing. I think they're that good. Steph Curry is obviously a big deal. So it's uh, nice to see uh, the Warriors uh, get to fully healthy. Um, that brings us to our next series. We're going to quickly go with the Sixers and the Raptors. It's been announced today that Fred Van Vliet's not playing this game. Big loss for them, arguably their best player. Um, and Bede has a torn ligament in his shooting hand and his thumb. That's a, you know, he's going to play through it. I believe they're going to win this game. But for the next series, that's a big deal. You know, it's an annoying injury. Um, what's your take on this series, uh, Malik? Joel Embiid is playing amazing. Um, so honestly, I kind of feel like that's a, again, this is a weird thing to leak. Um, why would you leak that you're playing injured? This, like you said, that's kind of like, it's a risky thing to play. However, he has been playing amazing. So I'm not sure how much it's affecting him. I feel like it might be a little bit of a cop-out to explain his week game one, but even like in game one, he wasn't that bad. Um, he's just been at a, a extreme MVP level the past three games though. Um, I'm surprised that the Raptors even won a game. I thought that it would be a sweep. Uh, however, I, I don't think the 76ers have enough to beat a team like the Heat if they were to face in the next round. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Um, game three, Joel Embiid hit an incredible shot, um, almost from a, a stupid play that wasn't that was drawn up by Doc Rivers, where they got to call a timeout of 0.7, and he just drilled <laughs> a three on the sideline timeout. Uh, Jason, any thoughts on the Raptors uh, Sixers series? Um, Fred Van Fleet's out tonight. Big loss for them, as we said earlier. I mean, I think since it's just the end of the series, I mean, they lost Fred uh, Van Fleet, like you said. I think the Sixers would just obviously, I think, close it out tonight and they'll get that win, bearing any, you know, miraculous, like, you know, play from the Raptors. But yeah, I think we'll see what the Sixers are made of when they face a team with, like, that's fully healthy and fully strength with the, when they play the Miami Heat. So, yeah, we'll see what goes uh, on. I will say this. Um, it's definitely shown that James Harden is not the ISO player he once was. Still a good player, but. It, he can't control the game like very, he used it's, to, it's I just think. Noticeably, the defensive have just adapted to, to learn how to play against yeah, Harden. Yeah, but it's noticeably different. James Harden has lost a step, in my opinion. It's He just doesn't look like the James Harden of old. Still can play basketball, still can play at a high level. When you get used at that highest usage rate, uh, usage rate since, like, Jordan did for such a constant, like, time in Houston, I think it, you know, kind of burns you out a bit. So, I mean, yeah. I think his body is kind of, you can see all these, like I said in another podcast, all the – muscle injuries and strains and all these things he's getting that's just you know from all the time at the strip club well we know that we got all those lap dances yeah. you know don't have to do well in your hamstrings either but we'll we'll see what's going on with him yeah we'll see um i really have nothing else much to say about this series uh it's nice that the raptors are able to uh steal a game quote unquote um, but uh you know joel Embiid has been an absolute monster this series it's oh, gonna yeah. be pretty interesting when the sixers play the heat most likely in the second round, how Joel Embiid's thumb's going to hold up. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a fun series. And uh, Nick Nurse, obviously a great coach, and uh, can't wait to see this team fully healthy next year. Also, to send Hassam in right quick, give him that you know gentleman's high five. Yeah, uh, like I said, that's a weird thing to leak, you know, because like uh, last year in the finals when Giannis's knee was obviously injured. You saw guys like Chris Paul kind of attacking that knee, kind of like testing it to see like, Hey, like how much does it hurt? How much? Yeah. How bad From a competitive standpoint, I don't know why the Sixers uh, let that information out, but Hey, yeah, I wouldn't do that at all. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, guys, anything else on this series? But we all have the Sixers winning tonight. I love the Raptors, man. They have a very good, well-coached team, yep. and they have a good group of I like the way but, they yeah, play basketball. Be yeah. the end of the end this season, unfortunately. Gentlemen's sweep. Gentlemen's yeah. sweep. They could be a sleeper team to get a big player this offseason, so let's be uh, oh, yeah. on the no doubt. watch eyes for that. All right, that brings us to our next series, our hometown heat against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Trey Young got completely destroyed on defense. He came out today saying that he hasn't been playing – played a team or – Hasn't faced a defense like that since high school. Uh, he said that hit, consistently, basically, yeah. what he meant. Like, that, like, over time, yeah. But yeah, he's, right. he's been playing really well uh, the th- th- game three, but uh, they found an answer from game four. And, honestly, uh, this is one of the well-best-played games for the Heat all year, I think. They just came out, and besides the exception of the first quarter, they really took over after that, and uh, he got the game five win. And, honestly, I think they're just going to close that at home. They're too good of a team. Uh, to let one, another one slip. And, uh, you know, Trey Young got his one game like we, most of us predicted, but I don't think they're going to go past five, and I think uh, the Heat are going to win this one. Yeah, I think we close it out and end this tomorrow, but it's it's ridiculous. It's like kind of insane when you see, like, how we went from one game playing kind of a really good defense in the beginning when Jimmy dropped 40, obviously, and then he comes the next game and we're letting all these crazy passes get in, you know, turning over the ball. If we are not consistent with the way you play, then, you know, we're going to end up like in a series where how the Suns are right now, yeah. where you get struck with two, two or something for no reason. And I think definitely, you know, just be on guard and like take that as learning example and, you know, go from there. But I think the big thing you got to take from last night is, yeah, we lost Lowry, but when all came in, the defense took a really big change. Yeah. We his his defense was defense elite yesterday. Um, people don't understand. Only Depot can score, but he's also, I wouldn't say an elite defender, but he's up there as one of a really good defender. I would definitely say he's an elite defender. I would say elite before, before he got injured. He before was his injury, the, the OKC defenders. years, he was definitely an elite yeah, defender. Yeah, uh, I'm taking in injury history, and he just hasn't had a much time to play so far this season. But he's still a really good defender. Maybe he gets back to his old form next year. But uh, right now, he's been playing some great basketball for the Heat. And something I've noticed in this series is Bam hasn't really had his best series, and they're still winning by a good amount of margin so this shows been playing terrible yeah it just shows the margin of how deep this team team is and uh i hope he finds the next series because we're really going to need him oh yeah no doubt and i would just like to give uh props to jimmy butler uh the guy's oh. average he's shooting 38 percent give me buckets from man. three jim vp as we like to say here in miami um, over 20 points higher than his uh his defense too, man. Season. He's doing it on both and he's yeah. averaging like what, like three steals a game or something. Yep. Like, and insane. for you know, steals. all the antics out there, oh, this is this is this is terrible for the Heat. It's gonna ruin their playoff chances. You know, the fighting of Eric Spolzer, it shows that this meant nothing to get over. It's just heat culture, heat basketball, and uh, it's nice to see uh our best player uh get at it, man. It's We've nice seen to see. plenty of guys fight on the sidelines over yeah. these years, and it's always turned out with something good in the end. So I think we'll be all right. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. So we all have the Heat winning. And uh, that brings me to uh, the most interesting series right now. In No, we still have two more series to go. So let's go with the Bucks against the Bulls. Um, I actually was pretty surprised that the Bucks won by how much they did with their second best player out in Middleton. I thought it would be a little more chippy, a little more tough for the Bucks to pull it out. But they did Both didn't show and, up. Uh, yeah, the three one and Caruso had 30 points that game, but uh, you shouldn't have a guy like him lead your team in points. Uh, quite frankly, I'm going to be honest. I was very disappointed in the bulls. I thought they should have got this one or close to it. And they just didn't even make it a contest. Giannis just took over and dominated. 
I just was never expecting the Bulls to do anything, honestly. After, you know, they came out the season very good. I thought that's when I was really on them. But after they never won a game versus any good team in the league, I was like, yeah, okay, I don't know how they're going to do in the playoffs. And it's kind of showed right now. You kind of got really lucky winning that one game. And even when you got the Bucks lose their best player, you think you would come out with some energy. And like you said, Caruso is the one that comes out and scores the most. Like, yeah, that's not what you want. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, and by the way, Jason, second best player, best player is obviously Giannis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You know what I mean? For all the viewers, I, I'm, oh, this guy's crazy. I mean, mistake. like, you're just seeing the, you're seeing the greatness of Giannis, dude. Yeah. Giannis um, is just that great. Really? I was totally surprised that uh, the Bucks won by how, as much as they didn't. Sh- a small shout out to Grayson Allen. He came out and played a really good game for them. Uh, 27 First points. time in Bucks history where someone comes out. Yeah. First time in Bucks history where a guy on uh, Milwaukee has scored five three-pointers in five straight games. So uh, Bucks are finding their step without their player, their, their second-best player, really dangerous team. Um, you know, I next year is the Bulls season. Lonzo Ball is a big piece for them. They lost Patrick Williams. Uh, they are probably going to re-sign Levine. So next year is going to be a better year for them, but it's just disappointing to not see my full strength. But to lose the game they did yesterday uh, in that fashion was – quite frankly, pretty embarrassing without uh, the Milwaukee Bucks second best player. Those are my comments on that. And as far as game, picking a next uh, game, I have the Bucks winning. Um, they, they, the Bulls have shown me no confidence as to why to choose them. DeRozan's is, is great. But uh, outside of that, they have really nothing for me to say other than this is a game five uh, wrap for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah I think I the Bucks agree. will close it out. Giannis is damn near averaging a triple-double. Yeah. Uh, I see no team uh, slowing him down regardless. He's, he's incredible. I mean, yeah, he really is. Uh, quite simply. All right. That leads us to our most interesting series. Um, I can't believe we're even saying this, but it's a 2-2 series with Phoenix and Nola. Brandon Ingram has taken a leap from really good player to a star. He's been nothing short of sensational for that team. CJ McCollum has been really good. Obviously, the breaking news was uh, Devin Booker not playing games three and four. Who knows if he plays game five? Um, pretty shocking to know that they're one of their, actually their best players hurt, but uh, I just feel like this team's cursed. There's always something wrong with this team. Um, I still think the Suns are going to come out, but man, wouldn't it be fun to see Zion get thrown out for game five in this series? <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, this series is pretty crazy. I mean, losing Devin Booker obviously changed it all for, I think the Suns, if they had him, I think it would obviously been different, but I didn't expect them to be 2-2. I thought it'd be 3-1 of anything, maybe. But New Orleans has been playing great, man. They have and Ingram, man, team. he's been taking over. Ingram getting McCollum was a very good pickup. McCollum was a huge pickup. That man's yeah, been great balling. trade. I yeah. mean, I, I think it was a lopsided trade. The, the Pelicans have completely won this one. He's a, a really good player, good guard, good veteran. Uh, he's been playing really well for them. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, I mean, we'll see. I mean, imagine if they had Zion, man. I think it would be insane to see them yeah, playing right uh, now. It would be pretty it's crazy. It's unfortunate, that whole situation. I actually oh, yeah. think if Zion was on the court right now with the injury to the Suns, they would come out of this series. Oh, but no I think, doubt. I think the Pelicans are going to fall a little short. I still think the Suns are super deep, and home court advantage is a big deal in the NBA to me, and I think the Suns are going to win this in seven. It's crazy that they're going to go to seven. Yeah. Uh, not something that Phoenix wants to avoid by playing the way. extra games. Yeah. But uh, by the way, shout out to a Jose Alvarado. He's turning into one of my favorite uh, players in the NBA. He just Grand Theft Alvarado. Yeah. He just yeah. seems to have an act for uh, 
playing hard and, and, and finding the ball. And he's a good player for this team. I love that nickname. So uh, anything else on this series, guys? I'm going to be spicy. and I'm going to say that the, the Pelicans win this series in seven. Oh, Lord. Upset alert. Upset alert. Upset alert. Are, are uh, gonna, who would have, who would have saw this coming? It? Like Chuck? I'll guarantee it. I mean, like you let, the same thing with the Boston Celtics. Uh, if you let this Pelican, you heard it here team... first, guys. If you uh, if they don't win, he's never coming on this podcast again. <laughs> ever again. I don't know. There's just something different about the way that they've been able to go out there and pretty much lock. Well, especially in the last game, to be able to turn the ball over, especially when it's in Chris Paul's hands twice down the stretch. I mean, that's huge. This guy didn't. He only in games one and two he had one turnover yeah you know so that's their defense has been incredible especially for such a young team and i mean like i like you did say home court advantage is really big and you can see it from the games that they've played in um new orleans but i mean like this pelicans team is deep too cj mccollum is a bona fide stud and this man will get you a bucket anytime you need and he's been to the western conference finals already so he knows what to do like you've seen when they're they're close he, the ball's in his hands or brandon ingram's hands they're just going to work they slow it down and take a, a shot like four seconds into i mean the force with four seconds left on the shot clock they have guys who know how to play ball and like they have young guys like um what's this dude who had uh, those two crazy uh blocks on the the three herb jones even, yeah oh jones yeah love me love I mean, me like, some herb jones man and it's incredible Dang, i mean great. like i'm telling you man this defense is infectious and when they're playing off of each other it this looks like they look like the number one overall seed quick shout out quick shout out to uh, david griffin for putting this roster together he's done yeah. a really good job considering circumstances great gm um, yeah. And I will say this, um, I'm sure a lot of people that, uh, listening to this podcast might agree that the Pelicans can pull this out. They're an exciting young team. Uh, until proven otherwise, the Suns have given me no choice but to choose them. They've been very deep all year. They lost Chris Ball for a lot of games and were still able to hold the number one seed. I think their experience, I think uh, the, the greatness of Monty Williams and his coaching, uh, I think they're going to pull it out in seven. I still think Chris Ball is the GOAT point guard. Um, so we'll see. Um, but I just think the Suns are going to pull it out. They're, they're really deep. Yeah, the Pelicans are a young, exciting team. But uh, I think we can all agree this might be going seven, and I think home court's going to help the Suns, and I think they're going to win. Yeah, it's going to be definitely interesting to see what happens. I mean, I think the next game will be the decider because if the Pelicans take another one, oh, man, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Suns are at home. This is a big game for them. Uh, no one thought they would be in this position, but they are. It sucks that their best player got hurt, but that's part of the playoffs, man. Anything can happen at any time. So uh, we'll definitely see what happens. It's very juicy. Um, um, quite frankly, it's shocking to see that Booker got hurt the way he is because he's been so healthy for so long. Um, so, yeah. Any last words on this series, guys? I think we covered it all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on the pod. Like always, good to talk basketball. And for the viewers at home, thanks for listening. Tell us what you think in the comments below. And uh, before we go, guys, appreciate it always. Always fun to have you on. Uh, looking forward to having you on future pods. Football season's coming up soon, but uh, these NBA playoffs have been awesome. Yeah, man. Until next time, definitely going to be interesting to see what happens in playoffs. Let's see if all these predictions come out, like we said. Yeah. Malik, 
like always, you gave us a guarantee. Hopefully you're here in future podcasts. <laughs> just kidding man all right guys have a good one all right bro have all a right, good one bye